horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome back. So glad you could join us. Hope everybody's keeping their their sunny side up in these uh, strange days that we're living in right now. But, you know, things are starting to turn. I'll be announcing some of the tracks that are going to be extending dates or starting their dates after postponements. That's good news. Of course, uh, probably a lot of you were uh, glued to the tube over the weekend watching those uh, races uh, at uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, again, they weren't stakes, but uh, as uh, Ed Meyer and I pointed out, there were some stakes horses in a lot of the fields. Uh, the most prestigious, of course, we will pick up on here just in a minute. Uh, Want to run down the, uh, the, the guest list to you. Of course, it's a, a abbreviated one because we only have two guests in most shows but uh, th the first one i haven't had this guy on for a couple of years and he is just a marvelous human being but he he's going to light up your day uh his name is mark klein he's a native of louisville this is an all louisville show both of our guests are, are from there and the races we're going to be handicapping are from there but uh mark uh he, back when I used to do the regular guy handicapping show on television emanating from uh, River Downs, he was a, a regular guy, regular co-host, I should say. Uh, but uh, Mark is a professional comedian. Um, he I first saw him on 60 Minutes. Uh, he's been on CBS, Showtime, Forbes, GQ, Sirius XM. Uh, he has uh, he does a lot of cruise ships where he is the headliner for the shows, country clubs, resorts. Uh, he's been around the world. So great sense of humor. But what makes him great for this show is he's also not only a horse fan, but he's a horse owner. So he's got pieces, and he'll tell you, yeah, they're small. But he's got pieces in several horses racing in uh Kentucky and California through uh, partnerships. Um, so we'll talk, you know, a little bit about his uh, uh, delving into the world of racing, and I'm sure Mark will have plenty of very uh, comedic stories that you are going to enjoy because this is one funny guy. Go up on YouTube, okay, Mark Klein. K-L-E-I-N, and you'll see some of his comedy skits on YouTube, and they're hilarious. And there's one that's just tailored to horse racing, that the whole uh, YouTube piece is a collection of his jokes on horse racing. So that is Mark Klein. He's going to be our first guest. And our second one, I was glad to get him because I figured he can't go too far right now because of the situations, and that would be Eclipse Award-winning writer and longtime handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum, Marty McGee. Uh, it will be the second part of this all Louisville edition. And, uh, uh, Marty's going to, uh, take us through, uh, the, the big day at Churchill that they're, that they're going to have. Uh, there's going to be a, well, 50 cent pick five, but you bet whatever you want, ladies and gentlemen, because you can pull down our easy win forms. We had a hit yesterday at Tampa Bay Downs, a $1 super high five. Telling the truth, folks, 7,848. 
$8. Other than that, we're kind of limited where we can go. I mean, in addition to Tampa Bay, uh, done fairly well at Gulfstream Park and had two winners at San Anita over the weekend. Uh, a $1 super high five at 3900 and another one of 3800 at Santa Anita. So uh, now that we're starting back at Churchill Downs, folks, with horses shipping in from everybody, you're going to want those easy win forms. Just go to winningponies.com. They're very uh, reasonable to get. And as you saw from those payoffs, it can often pay for itself. But again, Marty McGee is going to be our guest handicapper with us from the Daily Racing Forum. And we're going to go over these really, really tough races at Churchill Downs because everybody's been wanting to get races in. Of course, everybody wants to get races over that strip. Hopefully, they'll be back on uh, the uh, first Friday and Saturday of September this year for some of the big stakes they're going to be running there. Uh, but tomorrow, or tomorrow, Saturday, they'll be running the Matt Win. It's a grade 350,000, but there are derby points involved. We told you there's, we're going to be telling you about the new races that uh, have derby points. But in this race, uh, the horse everybody's talking about, obviously, is Maxfield. Uh, Godolphin owned and bred this son of Street Sense, who is undefeated with the grade one win, though he's only made two career starts. He comes out of the Brennan Walsh barn. You may recall uh, that uh, after winning the Breeders' Futurity, they were really pumped up about bringing him to the Breeders' Cup juvenile and they found a little chip in his ankle and said you know what right now this horse we got derby dreams with him we're not going anywhere jose ortiz's regular rider will be aboard him on saturday this is the 10th race of that 50 cent pick five the all the pick five races are stakes races so uh this is it's not going to be easy you better get some friends because as much as maxfield you know could be a standout undefeated and he likes to come from off the pace and he's already one for one at the distance and he's a grade one winner. Uh, there's some horses that have already been out this year uh, that have pretty good credentials themselves. Uh, New York traffic uh, second in the uh, Louisiana Derby and just missed uh, close third in the risen star. And then he got a major fed Greg Foley trainee uh, who just got, slaughtered in the Louisiana Derby, had to break from the one hole uh, and had nowhere to go, was 14th at the half mile marker and still was only beaten four and three quarter lengths. So we'll, we'll check in with Marty McGee and see who Marty likes in there. But just a, a great day at Churchill. We'll try to cover as many races as we can. But before that, just want to see what my friend Marty's been up to in these uh, these days of the pandemic and uh again he's not allowed on the backstretch or the front side of churchill down so i want to see how he's conducting his business uh these days and still getting out uh, his stories uh for the the drf because he's going to have uh, uh, quite a few of them to write after saturday's card is over so mark klein and marty mcgee really looking forward to it well we were waiting for this official news and bell the Belmont Stakes will be run in June, June 20th. It's a Saturday, and it's going to take place. It's going to be $1 million right now. It's going to be nine furlongs. 
That's a mile and an eighth, not a mile and a half. Because again, you know, the whole idea of having it as the test of champions is a mile and a half was those horses already had several races, races under their belt. They were conditioned. They were sound. They were moving forward and distance and maturity. And, and that's why it's, it's, it's been a mile and a half race all these years. Again, the true test of champions, but you know, you think about it uh, early on in its history, it was run at a different number of distances, but it's been a mile and a half every year since 1925. Uh, before that, it was a mile and three-eighths. So uh, the current order of the Triple Crown races dates back to 1933. Uh, before that, the Preakness was often run before the Derby and on some occasions on the same day. Uh, you know, Gallant Fox, the 1930 Triple Crown winner, kicked off his Triple Crown campaign in the Preakness and came back eight days later uh, to win the Derby. So uh, if you've got your pens and your racing forms out, whatever piece of paper, uh, write it write it down uh, that we are uh, looking at the Belmont Stakes Saturday, June 20th. All right. Extra dates have been approved for Tampa Bay Downs. They've added eight dates in June uh, to its thoroughbred calendar. It was approved by the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regimen. So uh, good for them. They're stretching out very popular, full fields. They really use that turf course, and it's still in very good shape. So that's good news. And hey, how about Ohio. That's right. Uh, we're getting ready to gear up for racing here at Thistledown. The barn area will open up for horses uh, in five days on May 26th. The first day of training will be May 28th. Uh, the first day of live racing will be Thursday, June 4th. Again, majority of these horses have been training at Mahoning Valley. Uh, at uh, at uh, Belterra Park, um, they'll be able to set up the barn area beginning May 29th, and uh, the first day of training will be June 1st. Opening day for live racing will be Thursday, June 4th. So uh, the Ohio tracks are, are gearing up and, and ready to go. Now, uh, they are going to move some of the stakes that remaining stakes none of them will be canceled the the races that were already lost will remain in the past they're not going to be able to make those up but uh the other races races that were stakes that were going to be run on saturday will be run on friday and stakes that were going to be run on sunday will be run on monday because the two tracks uh, do not want to bang with the heavy heads on those days and they're hoping to pick up the adw uh monies uh you know, during those days when there's there's not as much content out there. So uh, that is uh, good news because we know Tis the Law is targeting uh, uh, the, the Belmont Stakes. And uh, uh, good news, too, Zenyatta delivered a Philly by Candy Ride. Happy to see that uh, on the Internet. And uh, it looks like uh, Flavian Pratt got Jockey of the Week. Of course, six wins will do that for you. And on the sad news uh, up front, it looks like we lost uh, the uh, great 49er. But uh, he lived to be 35 years old. 
not bad. He was at the uh, Japanese Horse Breeders Association. All right, that's all the headlines. I've got more, but uh, we'll get there. Of course, the Preakness Stakes, you may already know, was set for October 3rd at Pimlico. Some quick racing news just from today at Churchill Downs. Uh, the unleashing of the first Run Happy Foal, a two-year-old filly ever to run, and she didn't hit the board, but very impressive was Hopeful Princess, trained by John Hancock. He's been on the show. He specializes in gearing up two-year-olds. Hopeful Princess was the first winner ever for the sire, not this time, who's a half-brother to Liam's map. The horses that finished behind him were both American pharaohs. All right, that catches us up, up on as much news as we can get this segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Eclipse Award-winning writer, Marty McGee. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1 866 472 5788. Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a gentleman that has become a friend. Oh, well, I've known him well over a decade. That much I can tell you. Uh, he, he's none other than Mark Klein. I kind of, uh, you know, g- gave you a thumbnail sketch of his bio uh, at the top of the show. Not only is he one of the funniest individuals I've met, but he... Uh, also is involved with the uh, the horse business and of course he's in a good spot for that in louisville kentucky so mark how are you doing today my friend 
Greetings, Earth people. I am I am waiting for the, them to allow people like me to actually go to the track, smell and touch and bet on the horses again. I, I've got to share a quick story about the first day I met you. Um, I I used to do a, a little piece on WLW radio in Cincinnati, uh, the nation station, 38 states, uh, with a guy by the name of Jim Scott. And we did this thing called Pick the Ponies. And we each had a charity. Mine was Father Niehaus's Backstretch Works of Mercy. And we'd handicap the feature race of the day. And as ever horse won, we would donate, I don't know, $70 because they were on 700 to our charities. Anyhow, so I, I usually tune on early and listen. And I hear this interview with uh, Mark Klein. And so the, 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 the Jim had asked him, he goes, well, you're a comedian and you don't really work till, I don't know, eight, nine at night. What the hell do you do all day? And he says, well, if I'm in the right town, I go to the racetrack. So I had uh, Kevin Gomer, because I, I think he may have even mentioned River Downs, page Mark at the track saying report to the operator station, report to the operator station. I, I, I assumed he thought that the, the the police finally figured out that warrant and where he was. And <laughs> that's why he had to go there. But anyhow, so he goes to the switchboard. He goes, I'm Mark Klein. Did you call my name? Am I the right person? You go, yeah, they want to see you up in the press box. <laughs> and Mark came up I to remember. the press box and hung out with us the rest of the day. And we've been lifelong friends ever since. I remember that day. And I thought two things. I heard my name on the intercom. He goes, someone in my family just died. Or I'm finally getting on the Johnny Carson show. And, uh, <laughs> Neither one of them turned out to be true. So there you go. Well, it was great, Mark. And it was great. Hey, first of all, uh, you know, you're one of these people that's really affected by, you know, what's going on with the COVID-19 because uh, you're ready and willing to go to work, but uh, they've shut down all your venues because as I said at the top of the the show, you, you, you do, do a lot of cruises, you do a lot of, you know, situations that put you in closed situation, you know, comedy clubs, uh, you know, different uh, groups that you speak to. Uh, I mean, you got to just be on the edge of your chair waiting for somebody to say, okay, we're open. Let's get Mark Klein on stage. Well, uh, they have shut down all the businesses that I, that you know, they shut my business down completely on cruise ships and, uh, the communities and resorts that I work, but you know, I'm, I'm at the corner of Lexington road and Grinstead drive in Louisville, Kentucky with my bucket out, uh, drive by jokes for sale. So yeah, and, uh, I'll do it. Comedy's going to look different on cruise ships. There are going to be a lot of big changes. Uh, I've been reading some of the literature about it. First of all, children aboard ships are going to be dressed in hazmat suits. That's going to be different. Um, the buffet is going to have pictures of food and then your real meal to be delivered to your room by robots. That's going to be a little different. <laughs> Instead of meeting the captain, you'll meet the nurse. That's going to be kind of cool. Uh, the ships are going to be very safe when they come back. They're going to paint a face mask on the bow. And uh, it'll be quarantine comedy. I will go from cabin to cabin and tell you jokes. And, and uh, my show is going to be six hours long, but I think I'll get them all covered before the next day. You'll get a lot of exercise during that. Well, Mark, tell us a little bit about I, I know you're, you're a native of Louisville, uh, so I guess – uh, sooner or later, somebody that had a passion for the sport like you is probably going to dip his toe in the water. And I know that for a long time, you've owned uh, uh, different parts of different horses. Uh, uh, tell us about your partnerships and tell me some stories from the track. My family uh, loves horse racing. I go with my brother and my nephews. My dad, when he was alive, loved going to the track. Uh, one of my nephews uh, is involved in 
in putting some partnerships arrangements together. So we got my brother and I involved in an ownership group, and uh, we own a piece of seven horses right now. Now, they're not big pieces. You could take the Hubble telescope and put it in Kevin Gomer's uh, old, te- old uh, binoculars and still not see a piece of the horse that I own. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a small fractional share, but we've got some action out there. It's fun to own a little something-something in this game. And as you know, whether you own all of it or 0.01% of it, when your horse is running that day, you're a horse owner. And when they hit the board, you're a horse winner. And when they go to the winner circle, you're a big shot. And, and that can happen to anybody in this game, whether they're a $2 better or, uh, or, or you know, a big whale. Um, my home track is Churchill Downs Racetrack. Uh, I, I love owning horses. When I do comedy on cruise ships, I always mention that I own horses. And the first thing people ask me is, do you really own a horse? And, uh, of course, and we talk about that. Then they always ask, did your horse run in the Kentucky Derby? I thought, my horses don't run on weekends. <laughs> my horses <laughs> well, run you... Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. That's when my horses run. Well, but, you know... Uh, you... You, we get we we got a we got a racing oriented audience right now. Lay a couple uh, humoristic situations on us that you oh, have saved up. I used to go with my dad to the track all the time. He really loved going, and uh, we would we would you know we're we're small time veterans, but we would we would go. And Pop and I missed a photo finish. I mean, just as as close as you can miss it without being a dead heat. And I just had that horrible look on my face. And he said, "Son, do you hear that noise?" I said, what's that, Pop? He said, that's God laughing at you. <laughs> and uh, whenever I lose a tough beat like that, I always hear my dad saying that. That's just God laughing at you. Go on to the next one. Um, yeah, just great, great stories like that. In fact, I got to call the races at River Downs through your good graces, and my father and son both came with me. I'll never forget this. I was the guest announcer at River Downs Racetrack, calling races for the first time in my life, and I was I was I was nervous. There was sweat running up the crack of my butt. I mean, John, I was nervous. But I'm, I'm trying not to show it, and I'm calling the first horse race of my life. Halfway through the call, my father, who was 80 years old at the time, is sitting about three feet away. Halfway through the first call of my life, my dad goes, how's my horse doing? And I, <laughs> I looked over at him. I said, have you lost your mind? And I picked him back up, and, and when they came across the wire, they spread out. And I remember I got the first horse right, the second horse right, and the third one, but they spread out so far, and I wasn't at professional level to know what I was doing, really, so I don't know who finished fourth. Well, as you know, on River Downs, it's now Belterra Park, they paid a superfecta. So you have to know who finished fourth to make this announcement. And I remember saying, ladies and gentlemen, we have the first three finishers. If you're wondering who finished fourth, well, frankly, so am I. And <laughs> I can hear about 200 people from the apron kind of look up in the press box and start to laugh a little. And the rest of the day was just a dive. And one of the great memories of my life is, is getting to actually call races at a track. It's a bucket list thing for me, and I thank you for that. Oh, that that, that was great. That was great. And so I, I love when your dad and your son came with you to the races, too. I know you got some jokes in your pocket about uh, your dad, God rest his soul. Lay a couple of those on me because they're good. <laughs> He, he he was just a, a great great man. Um, just just a great great man. He uh, um, I, I tell you, I have so many stories about him. It's hard to know where to start. Whenever he would meet a woman, and he was a widower for for uh, twenty years, so he would flirt with these girls he meet. He'd meet a girl in her twenties. He would always ask her, "Were you ever a ballet dancer?" And they would just melt. I mean, it was like they were meeting Robert Redford. He was just the most charming guy in the world. 
uh, you had great expressions, one of which was, son, you can never listen yourself into trouble. <laughs> and which is so true, of course. And he says, right. the, other side of the, the other side of that coin is, and all racetrack people know this, you can talk yourself into anything. <laughs> so it's two sides of that coin. And I'll, I'll tell you a great story about my pop involving horse racing. Uh, in 1969, the two-year-old racing champion in America was a Florida-based colt named My Dad George. Uh, my dad, George, went on a seven-race winning streak. He comes to the Derby in 1970 as the morning line favorite for the 1970 Kentucky Derby. Best horse in America, uh, three-year-old or not. Uh, and the horse's name is my dad, George. Well, my father's name was George. I was 16 years old, John, and I took this as a sign from God. I was destined to be a racetrack gambling millionaire. So uh, every penny I made cutting grass, raking leaves, shoveling snow. I kicked the church on the racetrack, 16 years old, and I bet on my dad, George, winning 1970 Kentucky Derby. You may or may not recall Dust Commander waxed him like a bikini line. Yes, Mike Manganello in the saddle. Mike Manganello became a racing steward at, uh, at River Downs, I think. Yes. Uh, so two weeks later, they won, they won the uh, Preakness. My dad, George, is favored again. I bet on him again. He loses by daylight. Three weeks later, runs his Belmont as the favorite. Loses. I borrow money to bet on this horse. Uh, he's one of two horses in history. Uh, the other one was Chief's Crown, I think, in 1985, to start all three Triple Crown events as the favorite and lose them all. I bet on him every time. And when he, they ended up going, I think they retired my dad, George, uh, to stud duty down at Golden Chance Farm in Ocala. And uh, he died, and I went to see that horse's grave because he still owes me $7,000. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, when you can have a family connection in the sport that you love and, and share it with your family, which I can now do with my brother and my nephews, uh, it's, it's just great. You remember, I brought my son to the track one time, and he was on your show, the regular guy's handicapping show with my, my son. And uh, he, he was picking some horses. He was about, I guess, eight or nine years old. It was a rainy day, and he ended up uh, picking a stolen cold trifecta. Uh, by looking which horses he thought might do, do well on the slop or reading the racing form. And I remember thinking, this is going to be great. My son's going to be a horse racing fan. And uh, on the way home, I said, well, did you love that or what, son? He goes, yeah, we made some money. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the end of his racing career, huh? Do I still have you? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Can you hear me? Josh, I heard a couple beeps there. Are we still good to go with Mark? I think our connection's gone. Call me I back. Think we're, I think we're, he just whispered in my ear. We're, we're good to go, Josh? Mark, can you hear me? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, we're not sure what happened right there. We think maybe uh, Mark's ear hit the mute button or something along those lines. Uh, Now I'm hearing. (laughs) Mark, you there? Mark, are you with us? Okay. Um, Hey, you know, one thing that I had skipped over earlier in the show as we're reaching out to Marty McGee was that the fourth race at Churchill last week, the return of Monomoy Girl. Now, remember, she hadn't raced since November 3rd of 2018 when she won the Breeders' Cup Distaff, and uh, they they found an injury in, in her after that race. And uh, Michael Dubb and Monomoy Stables uh, said that... Uh, we, uh, we're, we're going to keep her going uh, Brad Cox and we, they took her back. They took their time. They made sure she was 100%. She blasted out no less than three bullet works at Keeneland, uh, and, uh, in mud on fast tracks. I mean, you name it, she was sitting on go and she certainly showed that she was on go in this allowance optional claimer right now. It looks like we got Mark back for a couple minutes. Mark, you with us, brother. I am with me. Uh, this is not the phone company's fault. The FBI is doing this to me. I've, I've got a horse in the federal equine witness protection program. When I start talking about horse racing, they get a little nervous. <laughs> it sends up a red flag. Well, uh, so anyhow, we, we, we've got to wrap this up in, in, in a minute or two. But how how are, how are you keeping yourself sane these days? Uh, I do a lot of yard work. I do what Mrs. Klein tells me to do. I follow the horses on the computer, and uh, I work on comedy material uh, that I hope to use again one day in front of live audiences uh, instead of shows on Zoom. 
Uh, what I do is uh, tell jokes to people, and I talk, they laugh. So I'm looking forward to get back to work. Um, now, I, as I recall, you, you know, obviously you play clubs in Louisville, but aren't there a couple occasions where you've looked out in the audience and seen some people from the jockey colony at Churchill Downs? Oh, oh yeah. I, I've had the jockeys come to see me. I, uh, some trainers have been to my show and start to recognize each other. And, uh, yeah, I've had some pretty famous guys in my audience, uh, guys like Kent Somo, He's seen my show. Robbie Alvarado has been a friend of my family for a long time. I'm friends with Kevin Whitley, the king of Finger Lakes Racetrack. He's retired down in Tampa now. So uh, he came to see me at the club in Florida. So some of my racing buddies get to see me in the clubs as well. Uh, well, he, 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 my producers tell me I got three more minutes. So you got three more jokes that involve the racing, Mark? <laughs> I, I love old racing jokes. One of my favorites is this. Uh, I'm such a bad handicapper. I could bet on a horse to live and not cash the ticket. <laughs> um, you know, the problem with writing racing humor is that so many people don't know enough about our industry and our business to understand the inside baseball that you'd be writing jokes about. So that's to be pretty broad ranging. That's why uh, the story about my dad, George, I like to use that in my corporate speaking and my stage humor uh, as an example of, of just the great things that horse racing can bring you to and that, that you can bring to it. So, uh, I just uh, try to stay around the horses as much as I can. And uh, the horse I have now, uh, some are going to be pretty good. Some are going to be uh, claimers, but it doesn't matter. You, you follow them all and do the best you can with them. Uh, you're the first person that told me that you owned a horse that they used to time his workouts on the calendar. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he, he got better. We eventually started using a sundial. Yeah. <laughs> He did get a little better, but uh, it, it's just great fun. I'll never forget uh, the first horse I ever owned a piece of. I went to Churchill Downs to see her. It was 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to give her a carrot and eat this horse. I'm a newbie owner. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm in the trainer's ear like a gnat. He's about had it with me. He pulls me aside. He said one of the smartest things anyone's ever said to me. He said, Mark, just because you own her doesn't mean she can run. And there's a lesson there in how much we invest our emotions and, and ourselves into these horses and the time and effort we put into both the handicapping and the ownership end of it. Just because you own her doesn't mean she can run. Uh, uh, God makes him as fast as he, as he makes him, and we're just kind of along for the ride in a lot of ways. Well, Mark, uh, you, you know, uh, is, I, you, you can't tell me, hey, I'm going to be in this club in Louisville or, you know, you'll be able to get me here. I did tell people that they can go online. Uh, you've got several pieces out on YouTube that are absolutely hilarious. I, I spent the other day watching them. And uh, so uh, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you for like a corp, you know, when things start happening again, because I know that you, you host uh, corporate events, banquets, awards, dinners, uh, particularly being in Louisville, that's a good thing. Thing. How does somebody get a hold of you? Uh, go to my website. That's corpjester.com, C-O-R-P-J-E-S-T-E-R.com. Uh, email me. I'm corpjester at hotmail.com. That all gets to me, and I'm easy to find. Uh, easy to find, fun to be with, and uh, not too much trouble. So have them call. No worries. Okay, well, one last request. Uh, my friend Marty McGee's coming up here. He's a Louisville na native. Uh, next time you're playing in Louisville, can uh, can I get a, get a couple comp tickets for Marty? We give away so many tickets in my show, it'll be hard not to get one. Of course you can, <laughs> just uh, 
next time I'm appearing anywhere here, I'll give you a heads up. And uh, Marty and all his friends, bring them in. Absolutely. All right, Mark Klein, comedian extraordinaire, horse owner, and uh, now gardener because of the COVID-19. Best of luck, Mark. <laughs> I hope your work starts opening up for you soon. John, thank you so much. A pleasure to be with you again. Bye-bye. Okay, going to take a quick break and come back, and Marty McGee will be with us for the rest of the show. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show Winning Ponies with John Inglehart all right and with me like mark klein uh, a gentleman i used to admire from afar and sooner or later he hung around so long enough we we actually became friends and that's none other than eclipse award-winning writer from the daily racing forum marty mcgee marty how you holding up these days i'm doing good john i'm back in louisville got back here late march after wintering in florida the whole time it's uh you know we had a busy winter down there with the pegasus and the all the three-year-old preps, and then we had the Navarro and service uh, news break March the 9th, and then we had the COVID swamp the whole world uh, That later that weekend, the last day of racing, where us racing form guys were allowed at Gulfstream was March the 15th, and then I hightailed it home a couple weeks after that, and uh, 
you know, miss Keeneland, miss seeing you at Keeneland. And uh, of course we missed the Derby and the Preakness and everything else, but we're trying to get things back on track here. They're going to run a big race uh, Saturday at Churchill Downs and, uh, looks like, uh, New York's going to open California's opening up and, uh, everything else. So we're a little bit ahead of the curve in relation to the other sports, which is good. Uh, we're not all back to work, uh, a hundred percent, but, uh, nonetheless, we're on our way. Uh, Marty, now, somebody in your situation where, uh, you know, you used to walk the backstretch and, you know, be in the the press area, particularly for a day like a a Saturday uh, when they're going to run, you know, five consecutive stakes races. Um, How many stumbling blocks does that put in front of you? How do you get around it? You probably got a a phone that people would love to have because you got so many contacts. Do do you kind of wait and see what happened and then give whoever the winning connections were a phone call? Yeah, like the other day, Brad Cox won with the Monomoy girl, and I texted him, you know, 10 minutes after the race, said, give me a shout when you can. He did. You know, he called me back in a few minutes and gave me what I needed. You know, I'm, I was on another radio show here in Louisville on uh, earlier this week, John. They asked me essentially the same question. And they said, man, it, it'd be tough if you were a rookie and didn't know these guys by face or name or didn't have their phone numbers. And, you know, you kind of be lost. But, yeah, it's kind of old hat to me. They, uh, You know, I've done this for 35 years now. So it's uh, guys have my phone number and I have theirs. So it's, that, that part's been pretty easy. So I guess like so many of us, you're just monitoring it on uh, your, your computer. Or Luckily, we've seen more racing on TV which I really like. And I noticed that because we're hoping we're going to capture a new audience, that some of the TV hosts are kind of uh, uh, doing tutorials. You know, like they'll, they'll say, they'll announce that it was an exacta, and then they'll explain to the listeners what an exacta is. I think that's a great concept if we're going to maybe scoop up a, a, a kind of a sports hungry audience. Well, it absolutely cannot hurt. You know that, John. So, you know, the more the merrier on board. So, I think that the people at Fox Sports who are doing it through Naira uh, have done a fabulous job. They, they've picked up the uh, Churchill business with Churchill in a kind of a, another battle with TVG. That's been an on again, off again relationship for many years. And so you can't watch the Churchill races on the main TVG channel. I think you can watch them on TVG two, which isn't in a lot of households anymore. But nonetheless, uh, Fox Sports, Fox One, Fox Two have picked up the ball. Uh, you got some big namers there with Lafitte Pinkai and, and some of the other people. And uh, I think it's been good for us. I, I would like to see, yeah, I've had people ask me the same question um, that they normally ask around the Triple Crown. When we have a horse going for the Triple Crown into the Belmont, and that is, will this help the business? And, you, you know, again, I think you have to say, how can it hurt? So, um, it, we kind of put these things behind us. We had the, the horrific, terrible thing out in California where they had the breakdowns and all kinds of political footballs being kicked around, et cetera. It seems that that's kind of being, um, kind of going in our rear view mirror, John, because we got this bigger thing that we've tried to overcome. And now that we're there, uh, maybe we can put more, <laughs> more of our problems behind us. Well, Marty, obviously we've seen the, uh, uh, quote schedule of the triple crown uh, being changed and i i kind of uh, i i shiver when i hear people going this is great 
this is what we need to do every year. The whole thing ought to be delayed so these you know, tender little horses can develop. I say you're not a triple crown champion unless you do the grueling path of the triple crown that the other 13 horses have done. What is your read? Do you think that because we did this one time and, uh, you know, some people are saying it's a great thing that we shouldn't go back to the way it was? One, we will go back to the same thing. This is going to be a one-off. Two, do I think if a horse happens to win the Belmont on June 20th and then the Kentucky Derby on September 5th and then the Preakness on October 3rd, should he be considered a, a triple crown champion like the other 13? I I don't know. Let's, let's see what happens in the Belmont, which is only a mile and an eighth, then the Derby, and then, you know, I have a feeling it's not going to be the same horse winning. So hopefully it's a moot point. Uh, going into the Preakness, which, of course, would be way anticlimactic. We, you know, over the years, it seems like the Preakness has become the kind of the weak link of the, of the three Triple Crown races, so it would be rendered a little bit insignificant, even more so this year, if, in fact, we had different horses win the Belmont or the Derby. But back to your central question, John, I, you know, that is a good topic of dis- discussion. How do we consider this? the triple crown quote unquote, uh, you know, vis-a-vis the other years that have happened. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one, really. Well, uh, you've got such a tough card. I don't know how you're going to cover all these, right? Hopefully uh, DRF is shopping some of the stories out to some of your, uh, other excellent staff members because this is going to be a great, great card at Churchill Downs. Of course, the, the, the centerpiece of it all, is the Derby Point uh, Matt Win, which will be run as the tenth race. This is going to be an all stakes pick five. Um, you, you know, everybody's talking about Maxfield. He's a deserved favorite, undefeated, only in two starts, but has a nice running salary. He likes to come off from it. He's got his familiar jockey. Uh, Brendan Walsh has brought him around beautifully. Um, you know, he, he's the standout in here, but I don't think he's an, any sure thing. What's Marty McGee from the Racing Forms read? Well, I, I agree with you there that he's no sure thing. You know, Nicole Russo is going to be helping at me out. She advanced both the Teppan and the war chant, the, the three-year-old races on the grass, and I took the other three of those being the uh, the Matt win and then the two older horse races, the Shawnee and the Blame. And if none of these stakes races names sound familiar, uh, it's because of the first running of them all. They all got uh, kind of born in on the coronavirus reshuffle that they had to do <laughs> with the stakes there. So, um, yeah, Maxfield, I mean, I'm a mega um Brendan Walsh fan, I you know I think he's a, a terrific guy and a, and a hell of a trainer. Uh, Maxfield, he doesn't necessarily need him to win. If this had been his only prep, you know, when we were down there in Florida all winter, I, I was bugging the hell out of Brendan, calling him, you know, what's going on with Maxfield, blah blah blah. And uh, on that, I remember that that last Sunday I was talking about Sunday March fifteenth. We were there together at the track, and I said. Now, is this going to hurt your feelings if they delay the Derby beyond the May 2nd date? And, he, you know, he looked at me with big eyes like, oh, please, please let him, let him go on and, and delay it. So they have. So he doesn't need Maxfield to win. And that's, that's kind of a, a key thing to know about tomorrow or Saturday is that there's not a lot of speed in here. And you would think that a late-running horse like him would need a lot of speed to set the table especially the fact that he hasn't run since early October. So I think 
just from a pure handicapping standpoint, John, I like New York traffic, and he's my pick in there. There's not a lot of speed in there. Mike Battaglia made him 10 to 1. I, I think he swung and missed on that. I think he's Oh, I have no odds in front of me, really? Because he's one of the horses yeah. I have checked off. Yeah, he's got him 10 to 1, but I think he's more like 4 or 5 to 1. 5 to 1 at the highest. Because I think uh, everybody's going to kind of realize that your, your best horses are, are back runners, those being Maxfield, Major Fed, and uh, Pneumatic, the other unbeaten horse in there. And New York traffic might have things his own way up top. So I'm going to go with New York traffic and, and hoping that the Maxfield runs a good one and, and uh, puts himself in shape for the next couple of races that, that Brendan's now going to be able to get into him before we run the Derby on September the 5th. Well, Marty McGee, you alluded to Major Fed. He's another horse I've got to check by, and yet he is was a sure was a far far back runner in the Louisiana Derby. But in a fourteen horse field, he had a break from the one hole, had a no chance. He was fourteenth at the half mile pole, and still was only beaten by Wells Bayou by four and three quarters lengths. And other than that, he doesn't look like he's a Silky Sullivan type. You know, he always, you know, kind of right was right with the pace in the Risen Star, but that was the slower half of uh, the two divisions. Uh, but the same thing with his uh, maiden win at the fairgrounds, you know, kind of rated really nice uh, for Brian Hernandez. Uh, I, I'm going to keep him in my picks, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to keep Maxfield off my ticket, but uh, Major Fed New York traffic would be uh, the other two horses I'd put in there well uh i want to go to one of the races that i know that uh that that you're covering and uh, this is just an exceptional field and that would be marty the blame it's a one mile race main track but man you got some friggin' veterans in here uh millionaires mr money owendale snapper sinclair um, you, you know, uh, again, I don't have any odds in front of me, uh, global campaign kind of looks like, uh, he could be a now horse, uh, give me a read on this horse. Cause you've probably done some homework. Yeah. Owendale is a very lukewarm three to one morning line favorite. We've got a full gate of 14. Um, the next choices are global campaign, Mr. Money, silver dust, the second Brett Calhoun, Brett Calhoun horse in there. And uh, Backyard Heaven, who had that those mega buyers back in 2018 when he was trained by Chad Brown. So, you know, like you said, you know, we tend to maybe hype these races often, but this one really, John, I mean, this this is kind of the result of the coronavirus uh, wait them out kind of thing where all these guys have these good, and I mean genuinely good, top-notch kind of horses ready to go right now. And there's nowhere else to run, California, New York, the rest of them. So that's why you've got such a great field of 14. I mean, a horse like Diamond King, who has really uh, come to hand up east over the year, last couple of years, uh, he's on the outside for John Service of Smarty Jones fame. You've got horses like Always Mining, uh, who's very accomplished, won a bunch of stakes. Uh, Long Range Toddy, who was involved in the Maximum security, brouhaha at the Derby last year. Silver Dust, he's accounted for, what, I'm like four. There's four states ones right here on his page. So um, this is a heck of a race. I'm going with Owendale. He made more than a million dollars last year winning the Lexington, the Ohio Derby, the Oklahoma Derby. It was a good second to the good Tom Day Tot in his last race in the Clark. So Owendale's my pick, but I think this is the kind of race where 
in your pick five, John, you would be pretty well advised, I would think, you want to spread it out a little bit because there's so many capable horses in there. Absolutely, and uh, you, you hit the highlights, and uh, and that was a half a dozen horses. Uh, the thing about Owendale, and I do like that horse, uh, is the fact that he's another one that tends to come from behind. I'm trying to think uh, who Mr. Money. I always love Mr. Money, but um, you, you know uh, he's probably more of a Grade Three race uh, horse because once he took on some of the big boys and the derby and the oklahoma Mile and stuff uh maybe he was uh, discovered uh, but uh you know he, he's had early foot during his career uh diamond king uh is is a pretty good uh, pace horse um always mining that you brought up so i'm just wondering how in marty mcgee's mind do you see this race setting up for owendale they're, they're gonna go they're gonna fly early i mean you've got a horse like global campaign who's coming out of a seven-eighths race. You've got Always Mining, who's going to be a little bit fresh, a little bit sharp, who's always shown pace. Backyard Heaven's been off since uh, last August. He'll he'll probably show pace off the uh, off the bench. So I wouldn't be surprised, John, if they went a half and forty-four and change. And then it, you're really going to have to run home after that. And uh, you know, Brad Cox, as we all know, has really become one of the pr- premier trainers, not just in the Midwest but around the country. And uh, I'm sure that he has his horse ready to go. So, um, Florent Giroux has really been riding great, as we know. He also has established himself among the elite. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be hard to hold off late. Well, I, I will say this it, it's good to see uh, uh, John Court back in the saddle on long range toddy. I know he was uh, a rather disgruntled uh, gentleman uh, after the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, this horse has always been like right there. He's had, he's had his shot, you know, he won the rebel last year and, uh, was only beat uh, a length with John back up. That might've been his return ride. Um, but anyhow, he's been off for a while. He was injured. It's, it's good to see him back in the saddle. Well, we got Marty McGree and I'm trying to zone in on the, uh, the races that he's been asked to cover for the daily racing form. And the, the Shawnee again, another race here, like, I don't remember the Shawnee stakes, uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, but again, I, I, I guess my eye is kind of drawn to uh, uh, the the uh, four-year-old filly Dunbar Road, who's been lightly raced for Chad Brown, seven starts, four wins, a second and a third. But this horse has always been legit. But we're starting to see horses time of year, Marty, coming back for their first start. What, what's your what's your read on this race? Well, they got her four to five on the line, John. That's probably about right. You know, she won the Mother Goose in the Alabama last year at, at uh, Belmont and Saratoga. It seems like she's been working real well down in Florida all winter. She was among the 24 horses that Chad shipped up uh, last week, uh, last Thursday, I think, from Florida. And uh, he's got a, a fellow named Whit Beckman who is here uh, manning the ship for him. And uh, it's just kind of representative that the four-time defending reigning Eclipse champion trainer has a string now here at Churchill Downs. It, it kind of signifies just how great the racing has become here with all the jockeys and top trainers, et cetera. So I think she is kind of a free space and proverbial uh, bingo middle space uh, in here. She does face another grade winner, and she's a Julie, but she too has been off quite a long time. So I would have to think Chad off the layoff is going to be pretty tough to get past here. 
All right, Marty, great to hear your voice. I can't wait till I can see your face live and in person. I hope that happens sooner than later. Thanks for joining us tonight on Winning Ponies. All right, thanks for having me as always, John. Thank you. All right, Marty McGee, Eclipse Award winner. I'm John Englehart. I want to thank Mark Klein, the comedian from Louisville. I want to thank you for tuning in and our producer, Josh. By gosh, I am out of here. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.